Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Pitchers and catchers this week, and you know what that means. The end of our season of podcasting. That's right. For those of you that forget how Python Zero indexing works, this is actually our 52nd podcast of the year. We did one a week. Exactly. I had not even created enough outlines for that eventuality. That's a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, assuming that we wouldn't get there, and it is. <laughs> assuming feeling. we wouldn't get there. Wow, that's a lot of confidence in us. I, well, not a lot of confidence. The big thing, I, I think of this as the uh, the king is dead. Long live the king. It really is. <laughs> it really is. That's the best way to say that. I mentioned this to you the other day. When do I have to start watching Game of Thrones in order to watch one per night? And the answer was, you had to start last week. Yeah, you're too late. Too late. I'm sorry. You have to double up a couple days. Anyway, yeah. April 14th, when it comes back, uh, get on your watching if you, if you want to do it. If you need an abridged list, feel free to reach out to us. I think we can provide that recommendation. We, we, could, we could come <laughs> through. Yeah, we could come through on that one. Trade deadline last week in the NBA. On a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being totally boring, 10 being exciting, where you rank it? somewhere between eight and a nine that really good that was fun stuff i kind of like more like more moves of guys who are going to be four through eight on it on the new team yeah. than um i mean i think the most intra there are two trade li- deadlines that i remember um in the last bunch of years one is the rasheed wallace yeah. year yeah yeah where uh, Danny Ainge helped to facilitate the trade that got the Pistons a championship. And then the other one is when Gary Payton got traded from the Celtics and then ended up back on the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your what was your favorite move of the trade of this trade deadline? When you say that in terms of like what I'm the most concerned about, um, well, obviously the Toronto is is concerning. The Toronto move is concerning to you. And, and I guess, yeah. the, actually, is the Toronto move or the Sixers move more concerning to you? No, it's the Bucks move. Really? Your tick on the Bucks. I okay. I think that that's going to be a really, really good move for them. That's very interesting. I I think if I was a Celtics fan, a, a you know pure-blooded Celtics fan, I think I'd be the most worried about the 76ers because they are the ones that are keeping you out of an advantageous seed. Mm, oh, I see. I see, yeah, because the Celtics need to get to number three because yeah. I don't think that Toronto or um, Milwaukee are going to fall off. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. That's fair. I, I mean, I don't know. I obviously I can't. Obviously, I can't see the future, but I uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's going to be more consequential to the Celtics down the down the stretch than than the Bucks move. And then let's talk about your team. Why? 
you did nothing. You did nothing. Why did you do nothing? It's like, this is perfect time. You had two directions that you should have gone. Either sell and get worse, get a better draft pick, you know, get ready for next year. Or, I mean, why the heck not buy? I mean, there was, look at the players that were out there. You could have, like, improved the team a little tiny bit and probably made a playoff They run. don't know what they need. They have no idea they what they need. They have no idea what to do to get Towns and Wiggins to be a team. <laughs> they have no clue. <laughs> they don't you know I don't, I don't know i don't know what your team does because it has to do something you can't just dither this is the timberwolves way all right let's get to some baseball this week on the pod we are going to talk about updates to our projections model uh things that we worked on in the past week and in the second half we're going to work on identifying some problems and seeing if we can develop some wholesale changes to the model that will make improvements top to bottom so here we go it turns out that the best way to look at the model is not by looking at what i actually did to the software but by looking at what i said when i pushed it to the web page which one do you want which one do you like the best so there's some there's some big ones here i think you know we're being we're being a little bit glib here but the updates for ages and pose <laughs> is was the largest wholesale change that we made to oh. the to the okay. rankings last week. So this is a, this is in response to something that you said. Do you want to introduce your your theory? <laughs> oh well, we we were looking at some of the players and um, and specific. We'll we'll call it the Buckholtz conundrum. Yeah. Um, how do we deal with Buckholtz and what's the why is he um, why was he in the top hundred players when he shouldn't be? We need to deal with age, and there are a bunch of there's a bunch of research out there, but we should do something kind of slapdash with this, which is just plain to say, you know, if you have a long career, then you have a longer tail to your career to show, um, to show what's going on, and then you know maybe wait wait things a little bit, and so you implemented some changes based on age that had some positive effects. I uh, I actually, I didn't, I'm curious, I'll be curious in the second half, but I didn't identify any negative effects from the age um, in, in the sense that I didn't identify anyone that I was like, ooh, I like that ranking less now that uh-huh. I've implemented age in there. It really helped on the pitching side because you have a lot of pitchers that are 35, 36, 37 that are out there that you uh that you'd like to back them off a little bit so specifically just top line clay buckles went from number 60 in our rankings to number 233 just overnight just with flipping this switch that's yeah that's exactly what we needed unfortunately okay the per- player okay i do know the player and we're going to be talking about him a little bit later who who got hurt i believe um and that would be that would be kate upton's husband justin verlander I agree with that. I think, but I think he got, I think he got hurt the right mm, amount. Too much. I'm not sure. So let me tell you, let me tell you what happened here, which is that all I, what I did to implement the A, to back off the ages was to basically increase the denominator. So on the pitching side, we have all these ratio stats. We have, you know, we have ERA and whip. And so all I did was increase the the numerators rather on those so basically your era and your whip got a little bit get a little bit worse with age which is basically what you what you see if you track as uh, any individual career 
and we we started rolling this in, and you recommended age 31, but I I played with it a little bit and ended up doing it at age 33 on the pitching side. There's a lot of guys that are 31 and 32 that you don't want to start rolling off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here in the new model, Corey Kluber is our top pitcher. I think that's totally defensible. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think that it's fair. You can you can fight it's it. It's fair. I mean, we still keep Max Scherzer in the in right. the second round. Right? We have five we have five pitchers, six pitchers that would go before the end of the second round in a 12 team. Okay. I mean, I, I mean it's yeah, yeah, I I get that's it. Not... I get it. Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing that's just crazy about all of this um, is that, you know, what you've done is sort of, it sort of feels random. Like, which pitchers are in which (laughs) spots is, I guess, the thing that I'm getting at. But at the same time, you know, when you forget the names and say, we've got the top five pitchers all coming off the board um, by pick 33... Then you're like, okay, yeah, but you've got the numbers sort of slightly uh, different. I think the thing that I keep coming back to, and the thing that we'll come to in the second half, so I'll just mention it quickly here, is that anytime you look at the individual numbers of these players, I kind of have a hard time disagreeing with them, which makes me worry that the value system is broken more than anything else. I do think that the yeah the value system needs work. So that maybe that's, you know, something for next week. Uh, the other thing that I didn't mention that I that I just wanted to mention is that we do actually record, actually record the ages and the positions now. And um, this was in response to a, to a discussion um, where that's actually how you, if you wanted to use this projection system to draft, you need that information. Yes, absolutely the case. And I think we're getting... I think we we have a solution coming for the positions. I've got at least some ideas. Do we? Oh, oh boy, even more exciting. So, we were kind of kicking around and this get, this is going to get to our our last piece point before we go to the the half here, which is that uh we were th- we've been really trying to figure out how people would actually use and want to use these projections in practice. And that led to another really good discussion, which was, well, what are these projections actually good mm-hmm. for? And currently, we're at a place where we full we wholeheartedly endorse our projections for full season roto. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, I I think every other format, we're kind of we we need to figure out what else we need to really trust these projections for other formats. Or really make the best use of these projections for other formats. Actually, I think our projections feel decent enough for other formats. It's our rankings that need to be adjusted because. Oh, interesting. Because the value associated, right? Because I mean, we we've said for the if we're okay for this for full season roto, then we're pretty close to okay with what the what the um, projection values are. Which you know, for the most part, if you look at each player, like eh, whatever. You know, Mike is might be smoking something, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but on the Thanks. ranking side of things, it means so much. It seen, means something completely different in a head-to-head format, in a points format, etc. Um, to have like confidence in a player, have confidence in the projection, 
and than it does in like a full season roto sense. I think my vision would be for us to have another column for each stat, which is somehow encapsulating the fluctuation, the small timescale fluctuations that you expect um, in these as you're accumulating these stats. So basically, when you look at the growth curve, <laughs> like throwback here, when you look at the growth curve, how far off of that line do you expect an individual player to get? We need some sort of metric that that says, okay, well, this is how far off that curve they got. Right, exactly, for a given week, either in the plus or minus. And that's the boomer right. bust so, potential kind of piece. That's right. So somebody like somebody like Mike Trout, you know, is rock-solid stat accumulation all year. This is the R-squared from the growth yeah. chart. Bingo. And we need that for, we need that for, I mean, ideally, you would have something like that for every single one, and then you'll know, okay, if this if this number is really high, this is somebody that, you you might want to devalue in a devalue a little bit in a league that ends before the full season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would say that we I would say that we might want to stay away from re-ranking players for specific formats, but provide another number so that people can assess whether they should do that. Or maybe a little bit of both. I know that you want me to just rerun these rankings. I will We'll figure it out. <laughs> I know you hate some of these values. Okay. Yeah, and I think that we're going to be talking about that really shortly. Even after 52 movies, we still thought of a few more we wanted to do. Mine is obviously Kill Bill, which I threatened every week for, like, several months. I Yeah, I know. I would have done it. I would have done it. It would have been fine. We didn't do Young Frankenstein, which is probably an oversight... We didn't get a Roger Moore Bond in there. But I felt like if we opened the you know, the Bond chest that we might go a little too far. If we did any more. Yeah, because we did we did Connery, we did we did our, our buddy Daniel Craig, we did Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Alright, Michael. So I was tasked with uh, doing a little QAQC on your rankings and um, <laughs> seeing like where do they not make sense? So I went to Fantasy Pros, grabbed their um, grabbed their rankings, and slammed it together with our rankings, and then did a little bit, a little bit of a not I don't know if I'll call it an algorithm, but did a little bit of logic uh, <laughs> to compare the two, and then um, created some flags. Again, the great thing about Fantasy Pros is they have best ranking, worst ranking and standard deviation so i've been really really loose with what um what got flagged i I just created a a field this is a spreadsheet tool love it um in the end i I, did a little bit of scrapey scrape in the pythons but um giving you a lot of flexibility uh, on this by adding um adding or subtracting the standard deviation from the best or worst rather than from the average to flag which guys are crazy (laughs) fine fine (laughs) and um and then i just went through and was like okay uh who who do we have to talk about i mean like we can skip over mike trout and mookie Betts got flagged because mike trout is solidly number one and mookie Betts is solidly number two and you have those flipped so i I think it's going to be flipped. I think that that's fine. 
I think whichever way you want to have that, that's fine. If you want to have one of those third, um, this would that, be a hard podcast fine. if we if we didn't agree that that was okay. I think. Oh yeah, but then I, I flagged a bunch of others. I flagged a bunch of others that I wanted to talk about, and um, and I've given a couple. I've given a little brief hint at my comments for Mike. Um, is there any one of these guys? Is sort of the top seventy-five. Mm, sort of the top 75 um, according to fantasy pros anyone that you want to hit first let me just give you a quick overarching disclaimer that's gonna that's gonna explain that's gonna explain several of these which i think which is that the rankings on stolen bases are screwed up okay there has to be there there needs to be a pre-factor so let me say who goes in this group so the answer the people that go in this group the reason that Nolan Arenado is low is because we only project him for three stolen bases. The reason that Trey Turner is so high is because he only has stolen bases. Whoa, 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 whoa. Trey Turner, you have at sixty-eight. I meant, I mean, yeah, okay. When I say high, I mean worse. Okay. <laughs> you disagree. Let's talk about Nolan Arenado and Trey Turner because I think those two are illustrative in this respect. Right. So you dislike Nolan Arenado because I have him at number twenty-four overall. Yeah, and um, and just like in my gut, I'm like that's way too high. And then when I look at the rankings, they have here we have best ranking third, worst ranking thirteenth, average of five point eight, standard deviation of two point seven. So let's talk about let's talk about what the model is actually doing here. Okay. Let me read two sets of stats. You've got um, Nolan, which one of these matches Nolan Arenado better? Two eighty six average, thirty seven home runs, ninety eight runs, one hundred and ten RBIs, three stolen bases, or two eighty nine average, thirty seven home runs, ninety seven runs, one hundred and sixteen RBIs, three stolen bases. That's your projection, and that's kind of the aggregate Steamer. projections, right? Steamer. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, you're looking at Steamer. Right. So my point is, they're the same. <laughs> our value, like, I, and this is your point too, I think, our value system is screwed up. And the only reason that the when you look at these stats, the thing that stands out is the, the stolen bases. Yes, the guys who get stolen bases. Okay. And so the same thing is true... If you are, if you're asking like what's going on with Trey Turner, like if you look at any of our individual projections, they look really good in comparison to, to Steamer's projections. They, yeah, they align mostly. Uh huh. They mostly align. I think you could go through the same Arenado style exercise, but you'll find out that Trey Turner's 44 stolen bases is just not worth very much in our projection system right now. Or in our ranking system. Yeah, right now. we need to we need to adjust for that. Okay, so um, right. So where would you where would like you have your rankings, pure numbers? Where would you rank those yeah. two? Um, you know, with your gut. Well, the nice thing about the the value like the the value system as we have it in here is that it's it's linear, so you can see where the tiers break down. So I would move Arenado up into like the um, like the fourteen hundred tier. Okay, which is somewhere around what fifteen? Yeah, like the high, the high fourteen hundred. So I would, I would put okay, him. Okay, so you'd have if I was like, 10. if I was forcing a reslot, I would put him right ahead of Anthony Rizzo. I would put him at number thirteen. And you could, you could argue that he should go ahead of the three pitchers that are in a block from eleven to thirteen. 
I don't put him above Martinez. If I'm like, if I'm like gut re-ranking these, I don't put him above Martinez. I don't put him above Lindor. Okay. Interesting. I would just, I would straight up switch him with where you have Bryce Harper. <sighs> you have Bryce Harper yeah. number six. Model. Uh, he, okay. Luckily he moved down. He's eight, but okay. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Um, the Bryce Harper thing, I, I don't know. I mean, the problem with making these rankings is that I have to be, ag- I need to be agnostic in order to actually make these rankings, but we also have to recognize where the biases are, mm-hmm. and clearly stolen bases are a bias. Another known problem that you identified correctly for me is that our chosen methodology does very badly on young prospects. It doesn't even include them. Yeah. So uh Acuna not even in your rankings. Um let me see Mondesi not even in your rankings. Yep. And then this pro- this prospect, uh I don't know if you can see where I'm highlighting. This prospect is prospect Nelson Cruz. Uh you don't have him ranked either? I don't I, I I'm going to stand by that one. But yes. The Acuna and Mondesi... Um, and Vlad Guerrero is the other one. And I, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Require a, um, require a new brainstorming session for how they fit in the clustering system. Uh-huh. It's, hard, it's just hard. It's hard, to project a cluster, it's hard to project a cluster for them at the MLB level because we haven't seen enough. So we could... You could go in with these guys and arbitrarily put them in a cluster, you know, by hand, basically make our best guess at a cluster. And then you can project them just fine. Cause all the model really needs is a cluster. Right. Well, I'm, you know, the hard part is I'm cool with, um, Vlad not being in the, in the system because whatever, it's all guesswork right now. I don't. And Acuna with only one season, one real season i uh, how do we how would do we project that out without messing up the uh, uh messing up uh, messing up things for every other player well i think i mean i think now we're in we're we're again back to the second order style tweaks this uh-huh. is saying like there has to be there has to be an offshoot of the the ranking the projection flow chart that says okay well this guy only has one season and it and its last season and it's three quarters of a season and it's three quarters of a season okay now he's in this other sort of ranking shoot that we're gonna make mm-hmm. and we need to flag that somehow and say just straight up like look we're not as confident in these players like we don't you know we're <laughs> we're really guessing on these guys and yeah. frankly everyone else should be honest that they're guessing about them too like anyone anyone who says that they have a really hard projection for Acuna or Juan Soto even who played a whole season or Mondesi or Vlad Guerrero Jr. I don't think they're telling the truth. Like you don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. I, absolutely. No, I agree. I yeah, we're obfuscating, but I, I agree. It's really <laughs> really tough. And you know, just not including them on the rankings is is sort of funny because I, it's like it's wrong though. Yeah, I know. We gotta get them in there. Alright, you about ready to wrap this sucker up? I am and I think we should at least do a little vocal planning about season three. Announce what we know we're gonna do. Yeah, might as well. Um 
season three starts next week with episode zero and then who knows who knows if we'll be talking to you in a year from now (laughs) (laughs) let's uh let's be a little bit more confident than that you know a year from now well maybe you're saying it because we'll have just started crushing daily fantasy and we won't be we won't be doing this anymore because we'll be just living off our royalties Right, and we'll just switch this over to a um, <laughs> totally non-fantasy baseball fantasy. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, what what are we prepared to share about Season 3? Well, we've talked about a lot of goals, but I, I think we are... I think we're pretty committed to doing some more Algorithm Club. Yep. Some more visualization work. Yep. Um, and I think strategy-wise, we want to talk game theory this year. Game theory, yep. The white whale. <laughs> but I think the biggest change is the one that uh, I'm going to make you talk about, which is the new review session topic. New review session topic. So um, let's keep it more baseball. Might as well keep it more let's baseball. It. Uh, I think that it was important that we went through a bunch of our foundational texts for movies for, so that people <laughs> could know what we're referencing when we're making obscure yes. references to, to movies. But we're going to get this back to baseball. We're going to review a player every week. Uh, and I think we're going to bound this for the season with um, either infielders or outfielders. Which one do you say? I want to do outfielders. You want to do outfielders? I right, do. This year we're going to tackle outfielders. So every week we're going to review a player. We're going to announce who it is the week, at, week ahead and try to use the tools that we've developed to talk about that player watch some game film it'll be an excuse to watch a game every week <laughs> at the very <laughs> least of uh you know um hopefully we don't do cory dickerson every week actually i have a proposal for our first one if you're willing to listen sure all right and we have we have a little bit of a challenge of course because we don't have current game footage the idea would be going forward that we'll watch a game that week and talk about them yeah exactly we don't quite have that yet but let's talk about something that actually is going to do some good for us. Let's watch some game footage from Acuna. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's Acuna. try it. Let's see, let's see what we can say about Ronald Acuna. So we'll go out, we'll find some game tape, and we'll take a look at that and see what we think. <laughs> Check out that swing. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about brings us to the last of the fantasy movie review sessions the well fantasy tools foundational text review sessions toy story this is this is like quintessential foundational text because not only is it foundational for us but it's foundational you can see every single animated movie after it in this movie oh yeah no it, exactly no it changed it was disruptive it was a game changer you know all these buzzwords from uh the the teens are true of this movie. I mean, it's, I mentioned it to the lady. This is the first fully computer animated movie. Yeah. And it was also, it had to be, I mean, it had to be good. So they, they pulled out all the stops. They spent a ton of time working on this and yeah, it, it changed the way, um, it changed the way the animated movies were made. The, the, I I don't want to take away from the technology, but the voice acting is phenomenal in this movie. 
I know. I mean, the, it was it was really really good. <laughs> yeah. I, and the I, characters that they they have some. I mean, that's a big thing is that they have some real, real, real actors with real chops like attached to this. I mean, I, I don't want to discredit voice actors who include Luke Skywalker. I mean, for crying out loud, Mark Hamill himself. <laughs> but I mean, this was, I mean, just Woody and Buzz are, are just perfect. Yeah. And then all the supporting cast, just Eric Von Detten. I mean, can it's, you think of uh, anyone yeah. more famous in 1995 <laughs> <laughs> to someone who's I, I mean, under 10 years old? The the two of them, like I would, I would never cast <laughs> Tom Hanks and Tim Allen across from each other in an actual movie where you see them <laughs> sucking down Darjeeling. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that part is so good. I miss this Nesbit. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were making it sound like he was drunk. Yes, <laughs> I know. This, no, this had not clicked. It was a. This was a great, a great viewing to re-see it with with new eyes. Did you catch that Joss Whedon worked on the writing? I was I was just about to bring it up, and I have I have his IMD page open, and I have it highlighted. <laughs> Toy Story screenplay by. Did not know that. I was blown away. Like. And it's right at the beginning too. Yeah. Like the opening credits are rolling. Like, whoa, wait a second. I know that name. <laughs> and that's, I mean, two years before he does Buffy. Yeah. How did he get this break? <laughs> Holy moly. You know what other movie he did that is sort of relevant? No. Screenplay Titan AE. No way. Really? Yeah, apparently. I guess I'd buy that before I bought Toy Story. <laughs> that was pretty surprising anyway this was a fantastic close i feel so good about it great movie we had to do a pixar one and i was just waiting for just waiting for it and i guess this is a good i mean one of the first movies i i mean that i really got attached to and and can continue watching i feel like yeah absolutely time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.